This is Ships That Pass in the Night by Beatrice Harridan. This is a LibriVox recording by Lisa Alley. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 10 The Disagreeable Man is Seen in a New Light one specifically fine morning a knock came at bernadine's door she opened it and found robert allitson standing there trying to recover his breath i'm going to loshwitz a village about twelve miles off he said and i've ordered a sledge do you want to come too if i may pay my chaise she said of course he answered i do not suppose you would like to be paid for any better than i should like to pay for you bernadine laughed when do we start she asked now he answered bring a rug and also that shawl of yours which is always falling down and come at once without any fuss we shall be out for the whole day what about mrs grundy we can manage to take her if you wished but she would she would not be comfortable sitting amongst the photographic apparatus and i certainly should not give up my seat to her and leave her at home said bernadine cheerily and so they settled it less than quarter of an hour they had started and bernardine leaned luxuriously back to enjoy to the full of her first sledge drive it was all new to her the swift passing through the crisp air without any sensation of motion the sleepy tinkling of the bells on the horses heads the noiseless cutting through the, of the snow path all these weeks she had known nothing of the country and now she found herself in the snow fairyland of which the disagreeable man had often spoken to her around vast plains of untouched snow whiter than any dream of whiteness jewelled by the sunshine white with priceless diamonds numberless as the sands of the sea the great pines bearing their burden of snow patiently others less patient having shaken themselves free from what the heavens had sent them to bear and now the streams flowing on reluctantly over ice-coated rocks and the ice cathedrals formed by the icicles between the rocks and always the same silence save for the tinkling of the horses bells in the heights of the quaint chalet some of the merely huts for storing wood on other farms or the homes of peasants some dark brown almost black betraying the age others of a paler hue showing that the sun had not yet mellowed them into a deep rich colour and on all alike the fringe of the icicles a wonderful white world it was a long time before bernardine even wished to speak this beautiful whiteness may become monotonous after a time but there is something very awe-inspiring about it something which catches the soul and holds it the disagreeable man sat quietly by her side once or twice he bent forward to protect the camera when the sledge gave a lurch after some time they met a procession of sledges laden with timber and august the driver with robert allitson exchanged some fun and merriment with the drivers in their quaint blue smocks the noise of the conversation and the excitement of getting past the sledges brought bernardine back to speech again i have never before enjoyed anything so much she said so you found your tongue he said do you mind talking a little now i feel rather lonely 
this was said in such a pathetic aggrieved tone that bernardine laughed and looked at her companion his face wore an unusually bright expression he was evidently out to enjoy himself you talk she said and tell me about the country and he told her what he knew and amongst other things about the avalanches he was able to point out where some had fallen the previous year he stopped in the middle of his conversation to tell her to put up her umbrella i can't hold it for you he said but i don't mind opening it the sun is blazing to-day and you will get your eyes bad if you are not to be careful that would be a pity for you to seem to me rather better lately what a confession for you to make of any one said she oh i don't mean to say that you will ever get well he added grimly you seem to have pulled yourself in too many directions for that you have tried to be too alive and now you are obliged to join the genus cabbage i am certainly less ill than i was when i first came she said and i feel in a better frame of mind altogether i am learning a good deal in sad petershoff that is more than i have done he answered well perhaps you teach instead she said you have taught me several things now go on telling me about the country people you like them i love them he said simply i know them well and they know me you see i have been in the district so long now and have walked about so much and that the very woodcutters know me and the drivers give me lifts on their piles of timber you are not surely with the poor people then said bernardine though i must say i cannot imagine you being so genial were you ever genial i wonder i don't think that has ever been laid to my charge he answered the time passed away pleasantly the disagreeable man was scarcely himself to-day or was it that he was more like himself he seemed in a boyish mood he made fun out of nothing laughed with such young fresh laughter that even august the grey blue spectacled driver was moved to mirth as for bernardine she had to look at robert allitson several times to be sure that he was the same robert allitson she had known two hours ago in petershoff but she made no remark and showed no surprise but his merriment halfway no one could be cheerier companion than herself when she chose at last they arrived at loshwitz the sledge wound its way through the sloshy streets of the queer little village and finally drew up in front of the gasthouse it was a black sunburnt chalet with green shutters and steps leading up to the balcony a fringe of sausages hung on the roof red bedding was scorching in the sunshine three cats were sunning themselves on the steps a young woman sat in the green balcony knitting there were some curious inscriptions on the wall of the chalet and the date distinctly marked sixteen seventy an old woman over the way sat in the doorway spinning she looked up as the sledge stopped before the gasthouse but the young woman in the green balcony went on knitting and saw nothing a buxom elderly hasfrau came out to greet the guest she wore a naturally kind expression on her old face but when she saw who the gentleman was the kindness positive increased to kindness superlative she first retired and called out lisa fritz lisa trochen come quickly then 
she came back and cried her allitson what a surprise she shook his hand times without number greeted bernardine with motherly tenderness and interspersed all her remarks with frantic cries of lisa fritz troitchen make haste i don't mean to alarm you but haste makes waste she became very hot and excited and gesticulated violently all this time the young woman sat knitting but not looking up she had been beautiful but her face was worn now and her eyes had that vacant stare which betokened the vacant mind the mother whispered to robert allitson she notices no one now she sits there always waiting tears came into the kind old eyes robert allitson went and bent down to the young woman and held out his hand katharina he said gently she looked up then and saw him and recognised him then the sad face smiled a welcome he sat near her and took her knitting in his hand pretending to examine what she had done chatting to her quietly all the time he asked her what she had been doing with herself since he had seen her last and she said waiting i am always waiting he knew that she referred to a lover who had been lost in an avalanche the eve before the wedding morning that was four years ago but katharina was still waiting allitson remembered her as a bright young girl sitting in a guest house waiting cheerfully on the guest a bright gracious present no one could cook trout as she could many a dish of trout had she served up for him and now she sat in the sunshine knitting and waiting scarcely ever looking up that was her life katharina he said as he gave her back her knitting do you remember how you used to cook me the trout another smile passed over her face yes she remembered will you cook me some to-day she shook her head and returned to her knitting bernardine watched the disagreeable man with amazement she could not have believed that his manner could be so tender and kindly the old mother standing near her whispered he was always so good to us all we love him every one of us when poor katharina was betrothed five years ago it was to her alliston we first told the good news he was a, a wonderful way about him just look at him with katharina now she has not noticed anyone for months but she knows him you see at that moment the other members of the household came lisa fritz and troitchen lisa a maiden of nineteen of the homely swiss type fritz a handsome lad of fourteen and troitchen just free from school with her school satchel swung on her back there was no shyness in the greeting the disagreeable man was evidently an old friend and much loved and inspired confidence not all troitchen fumbled in his coat pocket and found what she expected to find there some sweets which she immediately began to eat perfectly contented with self-satisfied she smiled and nodded at robert allitson as though to reassure him that the sweets were not bad and that she was enjoying them lisa will see you to lunch said the old mother you shall have some mutton cutlets and some forellen but before she goes she has something to tell you i am betrothed to hans lisa said blushing i always knew you were fond of hans said the disagreeable man he is a good fellow lisa and i am glad you love him but haven't you just teased him 
That was good for him, Lisa said brightly. Is he here today, Robert Allison? Lisa nodded. Then I shall take your photographs, he said. While they had been speaking, Katharina rose from her seat and passed into the house. Her mother followed her and watched her go into the kitchen. I should like to cook the forellen, she said very quietly. It was months since she had done anything in the house. The old mother's heart beat with pleasure. Katharina, my best-loved child, she whispered, and she gathered the poor suffering soul near to her. In about half an hour, the disagreeable man in Bernard Dean sat down to the meal. Robert Allison had ordered a bottle of sarsella, and he was just pouring it out when Katharina brought out the forellen. Why, Katharina, he said, you don't mean you've cooked them? Then they will be good. She smiled and seemed pleased, and then went out of the room. Then he told Bernadine her history, and spoke with such kindness and sympathy that Bernadine was again amazed at him, but she made no remark. Katharina was always sorry that I was ill, he said, when I stayed here as I have done for weeks together. She used to take every care of me, and it was a kindly sympathy which I could not resent. In those days I was suffering more than I have done for a long time now, and she was very pitiful. She could not bear to hear me cough. I used to tell her that she must learn not to fear, but you see she did not learn her lesson for when she for when this trouble came on her she felt too much, and you see what she is. They had a cheery meal together, and then Bernadine talked with the old mother whilst the disagreeable man busied himself with the camera. Lisa was for putting on her best dress and doing her hair in some wonderful way, but he would not hear of such a thing. But seeing that she looked disappointed, he gave in and said she should be photographed just as she wished, and off she ran to change her attire. She went up to her room, a picturesque, homely working girl, and she came down a tidy, awkward-looking young woman, with all her finery on and all her charm off. The disagreeable man grunted, but said nothing. Then Hans arrived, and then came the posing, which caused much amusement. They both stood perfectly straight, such as a soldier stands before presenting arms. Both faces were perfectly expressionless. The disagreeable man was in despair. Look happy, he entreated. They tried to smile, but the anxiety to do so produced an expression of melancholy, which was too much for the gravity of the photographer. He laughed heartedly. <laughs> Look as though you weren't going to be photographed, he suggested. Lisa, for goodness sake, look as though you were baking the bread, and Hans, try and believe that you are doing some of your beautiful carving. The patience of the photographer was something wonderful. At last he succeeded in making them appear at their ease, and then he told Lisa that she must go and change her dress and be photographed now in the way he wished. She came down again looking fifty times prettier in her working clothes. Now he was in his element. He arranged Lisa and Hans on the sledge of timber, which he had then driven up, and made a picturesque group of them all. Hans and Lisa sitting side by side on the timber, the horses standing there so patiently after their long journey through the forest, the driver leaning against the sledge, smoking his long china pipe. That will be something like a picture, he said to Bernadine, when the performance was over. 
now i'm going for a mile's walk will you come with me and see what i'm going to photograph or will you rest here till i come back she chose the latter and during his absence was shown the treasures and possessions of a swiss peasant's home she was taken to see the cows in the stalls and had a lecture given to her on the retrospective merits of Schwewitchen, a white cow, Kartoff Elkoen, a dark brown one, and Rosalind, the beauty of them all. Then she looked at the spinning wheel and watched the old Hasfrau turn the needle, and so the time passed, Bernadine making good friends of them all. Katharina had returned to her knitting and began working and as before not noticing any one but bernardine sat by her side playing with the cat and after a time Katharina looked up at bernardine's little thin face and after some hesitation stroked it gently with her hand frolin is not strong she said tenderly if frolin lived here i should take care of her that was a remnant of Katharina's past. She had always loved everything that was ailing and weakly. Her hand rested on Bernadine's hand. Bernadine pressed it in kindly sympathy, thinking the while of the girl's past happiness and resent bereavement. Lisa is betrothed, she said, as though to herself. They don't tell me, but I know. I was betrothed once she went on knitting and that was all she said of herself then after a pause she said fraulein is betrothed bernardine smiled and shook her head and katharina made no further inquiries but she looked up from her work from time to time and seemed pleased that bernardine still stayed with her at last the old mother came to say that coffee was ready and bernardine followed her into the parlour she watched bernardine drinking the coffee and finally poured out a cup too this is the first time her alexon has ever brought a friend she said he has always been alone frolin is betrothed to her alexon is that so ah i'm glad he is so good and so kind bernardine stopped drinking a coffee no i'm i'm not betrothed she said cheerily we're just friends and not always that either we quarrel all lovers do that persisted frau steintart triumphantly well you ask him yourself said bernardine much amused she had never looked upon robert allerton in that light before see there he comes bernardine was not present at the court marital but this was what occurred while the disagreeable man was paying the reckoning frau steinhardt said in the most motherly tones fraulein is a dear young lady her allerton has made a wise choice he is betrothed at last the disagreeable man stopped counting out the money stupid old frau steinhardt he said good-naturedly people like myself don't get betrothed we get buried instead nah nah she answered what thing to say and so unlike you too no but tell me well i am telling you the truth he replied if you won't believe me ask fraulein herself i have asked her said frau steinhardt and she told me to ask you the disagreeable man was much amused he had never thought of bernardine in that way he paid the bill and did it something which rather astonished frau steinhardt and half convinced her 
he took the bill to bernadine told her the amount of a share and she repaid him then and there then there was a twinkle in her eye as she looked up at him then the composure of her features relaxed and she laughed he laughed too but no comment was made upon the episode then began the good-byes and the preparations for the return journey bernadine bent over katharina and kissed her sad face frowlin would come again she whispered eagerly and bernadine promised there was something in bernadine's manner which had won the poor girl's fancy some unspoken sympathy some quiet geniality just as they were starting frau steinhardt whispered to robert allertson it is a little disappointing to me her allertson i did so hope you were betrothed august the blue spectacle driver cracked his whip and one of the horses started homewards for some time there was no conversation between the two occupants of the sledge bernadine was busy thinking about the experiences of the day and the disagreeable man seemed in a brown study at last he broke silence by asking her how she liked his friends and what she thought of his swiss home life and so time passed pleasantly at her once and said she seemed cold you are not warmly clothed he said i have an extra coat put it on don't make a fuss but do it so at once i know the climber and you don't she obeyed and said she was all the cosier for it as they were nearing petershoff he said half nervously so my friends took you for my betrothed i hope you are not offended why should i be she said frankly i was only amused because there were never two people less lover-like than you and i are no that's quite true he replied in a tone of voice which betokened relief so that i really don't see that we need to concern ourselves further in the matter she added wishing to put him quite at ease i'm not offended and you're not offended and there's an end of it you seem to me to be a very sensible young woman in some respects the disagreeable minor remarked after a pause he was now quite cheerful again and felt he could really praise his companion although you have read so much you seem to me sometimes to take a sensible view of things now i don't want to be betrothed to you any more than i suppose you want to be betrothed to me and yet we can talk quietly about the matter without a scene that would be impossible with most women bernadine laughed well i only know she said cheerily that i have enjoyed my day very much and i am obliged to you for your companionship the fresh air and the change of surroundings will have done me good his reply was characteristic of him it is the least disagreeable day i have spent for months he said quietly let me settle with you for the sledge now she said drawing out her purse just as they came in sight of the cur-house they settled money matters and were quits then he helped out the sledge and stopped to pick up the shawl she dropped here's the shawl yours dropping he said you're rather cold aren't you here come to the restaurant and have some brandy don't make a fuss i know what's right for you she followed him to the restaurant touched by his rough kindness he himself took nothing but he paid for her brandy that evening of table de note or rather after he'd finished his dinner he rose to go to his room as usual he generally went off without a remark but to-night he said 
Good night, and thank you for your companionship. It has been my birthday today, and I've quite enjoyed it. End of chapter 10